on this week's episode of Today I Would Like to Share... A whole bunch of people who think they can do magic. Regrettable superheroes. A lawless desert town. Hey guys, Jordan, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing just great. How are you, Kyle? Oh, you know, getting by, getting by. Um, had a little weird today, but eh, you move on, I suppose. But anyway, hey, Andrew, how you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Sun is shining. I'm sure there's birds <laughs> singing somewhere. I get, I got a little yellow through the clouds, but not quite shining. <laughs> yeah, we're about to get a storm, a thunderstorm here. We had a winter weather advisory last night in Grand Rapids, and it fucking snowed and ice everywhere. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, you know, people out here generally think that it must already be spring, and they don't realize that, like, yeah. March and April are actually decent snow months uh, in the northern hemisphere. Sure. Um, well, anyway, now that we've uh, very politely talked about the weather, it's time to move on. <laughs> but today I want to share uh, really my love for forums, and in particular uh, the one I found today was um wizardforums.com and uh i love one of my uh favorite podcasts out there is uh the f plus and they go to a lot of forums and just read the stuff that is on there so i kind of wanted to do a little tribute to that today because this shit can get so funny but um here let me uh let me post this first link into the discord so y'all can follow along if you'd like to but uh, i'll go ahead and read it Oh, Wizard Forums, a whole bunch of people who think they can do magic. Um, listen, I don't want to make assumptions, but I'm pretty sure they can't. <laughs> uh, especially because of the blatant um, disregard for safety that this one person has. And this post is entitled, Did I bind myself to my job? Four question marks. And this is written by Goldfinch. To make an entirely too long of a story short, I've been stuck in a dead-end job for the past four years. While the business that I support likes me my boss doesn't much care for me and i've been turned down for two positions with my current company i've tried applying externally and get some traction with other employees but i always end up not being the final candidate chosen most recently i've been out five other external candidates i beat out five other external candidates to be the final external candidate for a job in a location that is perfect the recruiter told me there was an internal candidate and wanted to know if it'd be open to going to other locations the following monday the recruiter let me know that the company moved forward uh, with the internal candidate and told me that sometime in the future there may be more openings. After four years of thinking about it, I'm wondering if I somehow bound myself to my current role. When I started to when I started this role four long years ago, I did candle spells, sweetening spells, and worked to prevent my peers who applied for the job from getting the role. Yes, you're right. This is why people keep a magical journal. It's like a joke at this point, even at, even applying for roles, because even the most positive opportunities end up turning to nothing. If I did bind myself to this role, how do I unbind myself? Over the last month, I've been working with the uh, Goetia to try to get some traction, hence the final external candidate for the last role. But still, no luck. Wow. <laughs> that's that's really unfortunate for this person i, I mean <laughs> magic's dangerous obviously first of all magic's dangerous yeah and there's nothing worse than being stuck in a dead-end job i mean i'd rather yeah. turn myself into a lizard or something than you know be stuck I, talking to karen I mean, from accounting for four years i love this stuff because when i was going through this I, I saw the title did i bind myself to my job and i'm like is this just like 
is, is this person making a joke? And then you start reading it. It's like, this is like a legitimate concern. Like this person is, is venting their stress and hardship on this website right now. And then you keep going and it starts changing. And then it's like, I bound myself to this job with candles. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. Jesus. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and the, I mean, just reading the headline, I was like, man, this sounds like something I would write at Jimmy Jabs. Yeah. But. <laughs> um, yeah, I got another one here that I'll start off, but I'd like you all to read uh, a couple people in here. So I am going to be Israel1964. And I have the question, I would like to know if there is magic that never fails. And, uh. Andrew, why don't you go ahead and be Lionel? It's just a little bit further down. Nope. If there was, we would all know it by now. Or at least hide it. What works well for one magician won't work for another. There's no right way to light a candle, and no matter how many times you chant and draw signals, you won't get what you want. And, uh... You do not. You do not take that. Take that very well, Jordan. As you are Prince X seventy seven, right below Lionel. <laughs> that's what you believe, and that's what you get. You will never go beyond the limits you accepted yourself for. Your life, your choice, as it's the choice of anyone who accepts your limitations for themselves. You can write books explaining your weakness and ignorance. So more can join you, to ensure nobody knows and you don't. Nobody can, and you can't, like many others do. Not necessarily a bad thing. There are secrets in life that should not be common knowledge. It should always remain occult. For most people, it is, and it should be, a myth or fiction and impossibility. But for the few who choose to pay the price and accept the sacrifice, it is as real as their own breath. Free will. That's all it is. So allow me to correct myself and help you with your choice. You're absolutely right. Magic can fail. Measurably. You can't get everything that you want no matter what you do, with or without magic. If there was any other possibility, we would all know it by now. There are no rules or laws. Whatever works. What works for one won't work for another. There is no right or wrong in magic at all. How about that? Hope you feel better. Have a nice day. Oh, Prince X actually followed that up with a, another post immediately under it, Jordan. Why don't you go ahead and read that one, too? People fail. Magic never fails. If you keep doing magic until you reach your goal, you will have it. If you quit for any reason, you will fail. <laughs> How inspirational. Yeah, that was um, a day after. If you look at the timestamp. Like, yeah, a day yeah. later, he's Prince X 77 still thinking about it. And he's like, you know what? So, yeah. I take it back, because in his first post, he says magic can fail. He's like, you know what? No. That's people. People suck. Magic <laughs> people rules. <fail. laughs> we solved the guys. People fail. Two days <laughs> later. People suck. He Not was, magic. Two days later, he was found dead in his own home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Poor, poor dude. Poor dude. Um, okay, so I have one more. Um, and this one's just good fun. I'll uh, read it out myself. Um, just because this person seems to have found themselves in a very uh, negative predicament. Um, and it turns pretty crazy. Uh, Griftin, Griftinith. I don't know, that's one heck of a name. Um, someone's blocking my magic. 
I have a problem that I'm hoping someone can help me with. I've been experimenting with several of Damon Brand's books with semi-success. I mean, things have definitely happened, but I feel that my roommate is somehow blocking my magic mentally or spiritually. She is very mainstream religious. Moving out is not an option at this time, so I don't know what to do. I've tried three times with explosive results each time, but the results were destructive and damaging on the physical plane, which results ranging from fires to lightning to floods. Literally. Rather than manifesting wealth like I had desired anyone else with this problem, how can you remove someone else's block on you? Thanks so much. <laughs> I like this idea that this person tried to cast a spell and it, it's like it exploded. <laughs> like they are sitting in their room blowing stuff up trying to make themselves wealthy <laughs> the flood part like that's the yeah what flood <laughs> did some, they cause that's some noah level shit man that's some biblical level shit and uh, and what are they considering a flood like did the sink overflow in the bathroom yeah, or yeah, like yeah. are they responsible they the for all the too many times yeah all the floods in the southern u.s this year like what well, I'm actually occurred there not only that uh, but the lightning like what what lightning did you cause, too? Yeah. <laughs> did you, like, shock show. somebody and see a little bolt? They're like, oh, hey. <laughs> lightning bolt. Did you, like, static electricity? Was the spell drag your socked feet across <laughs> the ground for ten minutes and then poke someone? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what it says in this book. You know? Yeah, you know what? Get I your fuzziest judge. wool socks on. Uh, there, was a, uh, there was a section on this website that was for spells and rituals, but believe it or not it was woefully disappointing um but yeah so anyway uh what i want to ask you guys is what how, how what spell would you do to stop somebody else blocking your magic what would you do one second can i interrupt sure go for it so that same person that you just read mm -hmm. a little bit down gave us what the flood was I'll read it real quick. Oh, okay. So it yeah. says, I actually have that book, but I haven't used it. That's from the last disaster that hit us right after me using magic, so I know that it was from that. The basement was flooding, so I actually put it all away. So his basement flooded, and he <laughs> figured that it was because he cast a spell. Dude, <laughs> coming from somebody in Michigan, you just got to take care of your sub pump, man. Come on, seriously. Right? Get a backup That's not battery. Magic, man. <laughs> That's just preventative maintenance. All right, so sorry about that. What, what was your question <laughs> no, again? Um, how would you guys stop someone else's block on your magic? Uh, I mean, there's one simple way. Mm -hmm. You kill him. Yeah, you know what I was going to say? I was going to say kill him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your religious roommate's blocking all your spells. <laughs> you got the Damon Brand book. You know it's going to work. And uh, yeah, you gotta kill your religious because we friend. know that we know that magic doesn't you know, fail. People, I, I, no, yeah, people I, fail. I guess <laughs> if he's other a religious, if he's a religious roommate, you can just like pretend to study the Necronomicon, try to scare him out. I mean, if he's really or whoever this roommate is is really mainstream religious, probably the Damon Brand book it would be enough. That's right? true. It should be yeah. probably yeah, yeah. There's probably like one pentagram on that thing, and it would just scare the bejesus. But they had the power of Jesus to block it, so. True. The power of God this and anime on my side. Is... The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> this uh, conversation is all too relevant as I was watching uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina right before this. <laughs> is that a good show? 
Do you recommend that? I, I like it. I, I like it. it. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It's trash TV, but it's good trash TV. Yeah, yeah. I heard. Yes. I've heard pretty much the same thing from somebody else. Yeah. It's on Netflix, isn't it? It is, yep. Nice. Two seasons. All right. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. That's good. I enjoyed that. That's great. I might have to Thanks poke sure. around on this wizard form. <laughs> it's it's horribly hard to navigate. <laughs> Kind of looks like it. it. Looks like they need a web developer. Yeah. Apparently, wizards, no spells for web development. <laughs> <laughs> Magic's had a hard time going digital. <laughs> that that really puts a damper on my plans to be a techno wizard. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, what's up, Jordan? What'd you bring? All right. Um, so, my question for this at the end is something that actually came up at your cottage a while ago so excuse me for Uh-oh. repeating a question but um, oh, are we i'm sorry are we gonna fix some things no but uh may, maybe next time um okay but to start out i'd like to share today um i'm actually gonna be reading a little excerpt from this book that i received in a loot crate and the title okay. of title of this book is called the League of Re- Regrettable Superheroes. Um, and basically it's just a book full of like a bunch of crazy random superheroes that never really made it. Um, I'll read off a couple just different names, whatever page I land on. Um, first one, let's see, we got Speed Centaur. Um, <laughs> there's Moon Girl. Oh, awesome. There's Spy Man. Like, there's just a bunch of crazy stuff but the one that i've i haven't read the whole book yet but the one i wanted to focus on today um the superhero's name was dr hormone Um, what (laughs) yes this was debuted in 1940 um Mm. so i guess it kind of makes sense but not really because who the fuck would create a superhero named dr hormone um (laughs) And I just want to read a little excerpt here from the book. Um, So, like I said, his name is Dr. Hormone. Um, He's a young 25 man, (coughs) or a young man of the age of 25, sorry. Um, He has a... Oh, crap, sorry. Alright, so here's his little, I guess you would say, definition. His job is to bring the mighty power of hormones to benefit the world. Old women are made young again. Babies are grown into men. Boy Scout troops are transformed into full-grown soldiers. And the entire nation is transformed into half-animal, half-human, half-animal hybrids to repel an invading army. It's actually sort of horrifying. (laughs) Yeah? Wait. (laughs) Dr. Hormone plays fast to lose with... To loose with the lives of children and babies. How many other heroes would you pr- proudly celebrate by a caption describing how he experiments on a dying infant? Um, so yeah, apparently in the 40s, somebody thought that Dr. Hormone <laughs> was a great idea and the world needed to see it. Um, hey, is he hey, supposed I, to be a hero? I, yeah, is he a hero? <laughs> I got I got some news for your friend. That's not how hormones work. You can't turn <laughs> babies into men by pumping them full of testosterone. You just kill them. Hey, we didn't know that in the forties. 
That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> and therefore, the, it was true because we didn't know it wasn't true. Is the concept of turning babies into men even like morally okay though? Like they're they There's, get no childhood, right? They're just babies. Right. They have like no understanding of the world yet. They haven't yeah, developed. They have no experience. Well, here's what yeah. I was thinking about that though. Like, I don't think this is a regrettable superhero. It's just. It shouldn't have been a thing, <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it, yeah. I guess it was, but I think the real reason why it, it grew some traction a little bit in the forties was because it was so controversial. Um, mm. But yeah. before I go yeah, into my question, I just flip to another page, and there's a superhero named Dynamite Thor, which is literally Thor, mm. but with dynamite, not a hammer. <laughs> he just throws dynamite all over the place. When yes. it blows up, does it keep form? Or does he just throw a lot of dynamite? That's a good question. Right, is it Molnir in dynamite form? So it's just yeah, like yeah. one <laughs> stick of permanent dynamite that can blow up over and over again? I am not sure. I will have to get back to you guys on that. <laughs> I'll have to read this. But it's... <laughs> It's too funny. There's even like little comic books in here where he's just flying around, like actually flying, and he just flies close to the ground, throws a stick of dynamite at a house, and flies back up in the air real quick. That's that's just that's just a bomber. Like we have those. They're called airplanes, and they drop bombs. <laughs> hey man, we don't need Thor to do that for us. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe they created airplanes. I don't know. <laughs> hmm? What's even better? It was a Fox feature. It was on TV in the 40s. <laughs> but, anyways. What the fuck? Back to the topic of regrettable superheroes. Obviously, a lot of these superheroes have just stupid, pointless powers that are up to no good and don't do anything for them. <coughs> so, my question today is, if you could have one useless superpower, what would it be? Um, for example... If I had to choose something, I would like to be able to create a gust of wind within my eyesight. So, say there's a guy across the street smoking a cigarette. <laughs> say I just, you know, create a powerful little gust of wind right in front of a cigarette to put a cigarette out. <laughs> or there's some guy being a douchebag, uh, and I just create a gust of wind to make his favorite hat go flying away, because fuck that guy. Um, I like that one. So, what would your guys be? I would want the ability to always know where Gary Busey is. <laughs> That's because I heard Gary Busey will he will talk at you whether or not you look scared or not. So, I would like to avoid that situation and always be somewhere else that Gary Busey is. I, I honestly think you could turn that into a pretty good money-making scheme. Uh, <laughs> because I I bet you, and they would pay a lot. Because I think there's a lot of celebrities that just don't want to run into Gary Busey ever. So, like, maybe they could you could just have a hotline. They can call you and be like, hey, I'm going downtown tonight. Is Gary Busey anywhere near downtown Los Angeles? Like, uh, no, man, you're fine. He's, he's in Tibet right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> where he usually is. Yeah, oddly enough, it's where he usually is. <laughs> How do I always run into him downtown, then? Listen, man, I don't know. He's Gary Busey. He's splitting time I like between that downtown power. and Tibet. Hey, you guys want to see a bar trick? Gary Busey is here. 
<laughs> I remember what yours was from up north, if you want to hear it. I, yeah, what was it? Um, you, we were all hammered at this point. And uh, you said that I would like to be able to create three ice cubes with my fingers every hour. It sounds like a great superpower. Okay, fuck Gary Busey tracking. I'm going to create three ice cubes every hour. I mean, that's not bad. If you add it timed well, people can just like walk by with their glass. You know, right at the... right, now I'm ready for my gin and tonic. What would yours be, Andrew? I mean, I, mean, I like the... Pro- I was going to go with something being produced from my hands. I like the idea of that. Yeah, um, that's fine. I, I was just kind of leaning towards spaghetti, but like with the sauce, and every once in a while I have to like really struggle to push a meatball out. <laughs> <laughs> just infinite spaghetti? Is there yeah. like a time limit on it? No, I, it's like a constant flow. I got to put big heavy duty gloves on if I, you know, don't want spaghetti at the moment. <laughs> all right, all right. I mean, you can make the money off of that too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Open a nice Italian restaurant. Andrew's Spaghetti Warehouse. Hey, see, the problem with opening a, uh, opening up a Italian restaurant is you are gonna have you're still gonna have to make learn how to make everything else. Well, I mean, <laughs> if I want to be successful, <laughs> I could just be a menu with one item. On it. I was about to say, you just call it Mom's Spaghetti, and that's all you need. Yeah. I mean, I will give a discount if you don't have meatballs, because man, those are a pain in the ass to push out. But yeah. That's definitely an upcharge. Yeah. Or or you could just say, bring your own meatballs, we'll throw them in. <laughs> bring your own meatball Italian the, restaurant. The I only that. restaurant that is bring your own meatballs. B-Y-O-M, bring your own meatballs. <laughs> it might become like a haven for cannibals. It's like no questions asked about the meatballs. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hell yeah. You have to move to like. Man, I really want spaghetti. But human ritualistic sacrifice is so hard because I want my meatballs to be human flesh. That's why I love Andrew's Bring Your Own Meatballs Spaghetti Emporium. You like to eat human? Ah, who cares? Come on down to Andrew's Spaghetti We'll meat take emporium. goat meat. We'll take bear meat. Hell, we'll even take people meat. Come on down. You got that Dahmer side in you? That doesn't matter. Oh, God. Oh, Dahmer-friendly spaghetti joint. <laughs> He can even uh, open it up in his hometown. It'd be a huge hit. Talk about dark tourism. Yeah. But anyways, I, that's yeah. what I wanted to share today. Thanks for sharing, man. It's a great one. So, Andrew, what'd you bring to the table today? Well, today I wanted to share um, a lawless desert town. Does that sound fascinating to anyone? Yeah, um, I'd love to hear it. It's called yes. Slab City. Have you heard of Slab City before? I have. I've Only because on you told me about it. I've been on a slab in a city. Does that count? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably counts, yeah. Stop put my name down there, <laughs> citizen. Um, well, this was a place that uh, my wife and I actually visited on a recent road trip that we went to. It was pretty fascinating. It is essentially what I described it as, a lawless desert town. It's not really like an official town. It's not on the map. It's it's kind of a gathering of people in the middle of the desert. It's actually originally a military base. Here, I'm going to put a link huh. 
in the Discord. Yeah. This is the official Salvation Mountain website. All right. It's not. I mean, they, they could probably also use a web developer, but. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a running theme. Also, doesn't have any sources for the information that's on this site, and it's mostly just like a bio, like a bio of the man who created. Oh wait, this is Salvage. All right, I give you the wrong link. Hold on. I was gonna say this is the most well kept lawless city I've ever seen. Well, that we're gonna get to that. I want to talk about that too. Oh, okay, I don't have an gotcha. official site for slab city uh but that's something that we're going to talk about it's part of slab city um all right but slab city was actually a military base it was commissioned in 1942 as camp dunlap great name that, no that little boys get murdered there dunlap that camp yeah. dunlap it's the final lap you'll ever sit on Oh, Dun- sorry, little boy. It seems like your uh, prescriptions have done lapped. <laughs> done lapped. <laughs> End of the line for you, boy. Um, <laughs> it was a World War II training base. started in 1942. It was for field and anti-aircraft artillery units. Uh, but it really didn't actually last very long. Basically, the war ended, and they were like, okay, we don't need this anymore. So everything was dismantled in 1956. And the only thing left behind were these slabs uh, from some of the old buildings, so that's why it's called Slab City. It's in the middle of the desert, the Sonoran Desert of California, which is part of the California Badlands. And there's really, like, not much around at all. Okay. There's about 150 people that live there all year round. Uh, But in the winter, that grows to, like, almost 1,000 or over 1,000 because there's a lot of snowbirds that go there. Oh. So, like, Wait, escaping that cold weather from the north, they'll come down to the desert uh, oh, with their okay, RVs gotcha. and hang out in Slab City and return when it starts becoming summer because it hits, like, 120 degrees Fahrenheit out there. There's no electricity. There's no running water. There's no sewers, toilets. There's no trash pickup service. All, pretty much everyone that actually lives out there uses generators or solar panels for electricity. Uh, there's no like official law enforcement or anything. The closest uh, city that has law enforcement is about five miles away, uh, but it's a really small city called Nyland. And people live there for all kinds of different reasons, like some people are just impoverished and they need a place to live that literally is cost-free. Um, some people just want to live off the grid. Some people are in pursuit of an artistic vision. And that's kind of like the real part that I want to talk about is a piece of Slab City called Salvation Mountain. It's basically like the introduction to Slab City. When you're driving in, you see this giant painted mountain of all these different colors. That's the link that I dropped in Discord. It's the official site for Salvation Mountain. This was an art project that this guy dedicated the second half of his life to. His name is Leonard Knight. Um, Kind of a strange guy. Uh, I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah, I'd agree with that statement. (laughs) Um, He kind of bounced around all over the place, had a bunch of different jobs, Uh, But apparently, the way the story goes is that at some point, he's in San Diego 
around the late 60s, maybe the early 70s, visiting his sister, and he's getting sick of her preaching to him about Jesus, and for whatever reason, that distaste for her sermonizing of him leads to him becoming a born-again Christian. Like, he's sitting in his van or his truck after this, like, encounter with his sister, and he's repeating the sinner's prayer, and apparently just, like, overcomes him, becomes really passionate about that specific prayer. God put his light in him, apparently. Yeah, right in him. Right, put the light right inside of him. Just jammed it right in there. And <laughs> so the, he be, basically starts following this calling. He, he, I guess, was born in Vermont, so he heads back there, and he's like, hey, you guys heard of this prayer? And a lot of people are like, yeah. And he's like, well, I'm real crazy about it. I love it. <laughs> and nobody else is really vibing off that quite as much as he was. <laughs> so he, he took off and just started kind of driving around and eventually got a job in Arizona, visited Slab City with a boss that he had there and started thinking that that was a pretty cool place. Um, on the website for Salvation Mountain, it says that he made the decision to live there because it wasn't as cold as Vermont. I don't I don't know if that's entirely uh, the full story there. Uh, I assume mm. there, you know, you wouldn't just move to the middle of the desert because of the temperature. There's got to be some else something else going on there but anyway he's he finds out about slab city thinks hey this is would be a cool place to live and really you know show god that i've heard this prayer and i've you know really taken it to heart so he starts building this mountain that's dedicated to this prayer the sinner's prayer and it's made out of basically straw it's like an adobe type structure. So he's bu building it out of clay and straw and latex paint. And I gotta say like, after visiting it, paint is the number one ingredient. It is just like layers and layers of paint on this mountain. Mm -hmm. And there's all kinds of Bible verses all over the place. He's built little caverns. Um, he's built onto the side of the mountain this big dome structure it's got trees spiraling up through it um and these kind of glass containers inside this big dome that he calls the museum it's got gifts and like messages from his friends he's put in there mm -hmm. also part of the construction for that piece is made out of car parts mm. and it's pretty fascinating and it's uh visited by thousands of people every year from all over the world um, it's this huge, colorful mountain. It's honestly like a really impressive piece of art, uh, regardless of how it came, you know, into creation. It's really impressive. Um, and it's been in a lot of pop culture type things. A lot of bands have filmed music videos there. It's actually portrayed in GTA as well. Uh, oh, really? if you've played GTA five, uh, there's kind of this cult desert scene with it, all this painted area. And they changed the theme from God to UFOs in GTA Five, uh, but it is like the little UFO, like hippie commune village that they've got in GTA Five is based on Salvation Mountain. I guess after telling you about Slab City and Salvation Mountain, my question for you guys is: Would you be willing to like drop everything, leave society, and live in a 
place like Slab City. Yes, but it has to be on the other side of this mountain, and it has to be a tribute to the devil. <laughs> Just everything, <laughs> inequality, you know. No, I, you gotta balance um, it out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, in all seriousness, I, I mean, that is something I would love to try, but am so afraid to. Yeah. I so absolutely agree. I would love to do something like that. Maybe for like a month. Try it out, you know? Yeah, yeah. I want to be snowbirds. off the grid, but I want to be on the internet. See, that, that's the that's my problem. Yeah. Like, yeah, I want to be... Yeah. I wouldn't mind living off the grid, but I would need electricity and the internet still, which seems like the exact opposite of being off the grid. I right? mean, think about, like... You could learn just, like, so much. Like, what do you use for the internet? Like, community, which you would have one, seemingly. In Slap and City, like, you would, yeah. Like music, you could just, like, learn how to play and make your own music. Like, I feel like it would be a really cool experience for two years. Yeah. Like, and just, like, really just try to do everything you That's you, true. You can do. You would learn a ton, like. And you would learn how to not be bored. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, if you put me in the desert for two hours without a phone like i don't know what the fuck i'd do but and I'd, I'd probably figure it out i'd keep myself entertained somehow but like if you had to do that for two years like you you probably come back the most interesting person on the planet right i mean that's why people go out there to pursue their art projects too there's like no yeah, pressure yeah. no longer any pressure from like the day-to-day humdrum of mm-hmm. like the life that you had so there's no societal pressure or anything you literally are out there with yeah. nothing no responsibility, nothing to bind you to anything. So you can dedicate all of your time to, like, whatever you're trying to craft. Isn't it kind of sad, though, but, like, that uh, that daily pressure to, like, do the grind is kind of encapsulated with us? And, like, have you ever gone on vacation and just be like, man, I, I, I feel, like, I feel anxious because I'm not at work? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Every time I leave work, I, I like, come back to work with about 400 or 500 emails to read and yeah, it's like, am i actually um... like is it realistic for me to read all these and like still do the work that i need to do today because you know i just got back to work you're actually at work now mm-hmm. i think it'd be fun to just like go out there for a vacation and stay there for a week and yeah. just see the community um there is a <laughs> oh sorry jordan how do they get food? Like, do they just drive to so the So that town that's town? a few miles away, they they go there to, like, get their provisions and stuff. And they, yeah, okay. I mean, it's also the desert. So it's not super, like, new growth friendly. I, they, right. You can't have a, you know, a big field or a garden or much there. Curious. So they do have like, to go into town to buy stuff. If you're living in something like that, it's not like you're going to have a ton of money and you don't really have a job, it seems like. You know, so just, um, I'm kind of curious about. There is, yeah, it, it it always surprises me the people who like just they give up everything to go do something, but it's like, yeah, but you still have money apparently, because like you have to buy food and stuff, and you have to buy all this paint. Like, where's all this money coming from? Right. Yeah, that's a good point, and I, I'm. I, I mean, I, there's people there visiting constantly, and there's little shops and stuff. There was a coffee shop yeah. there. Uh, like, there are people, like, there's, like, a micro-economy there. Yeah. Um, and probably yeah. some money based on, like, tourism a little bit. But mm-hmm. I think it's probably more, like, 
because it's the people that are actually there all year round it's such a small number it's about 150 permanent residents that there's like a little supportive community there where they're bartering and stuff like that to get by as well fair enough so there is uh there's a french philosopher i can't remember his name right now but one of his big concepts is basically that a system you know like a government or a society or a community a system will create the infrastructure and means it needs to perpetuate that society so um for example uh capitalism or at least the the form of capitalism that exists in the united states um it exists but it needs certain kind of people to run it to to make it thrive so we made schools way back when where we sit, take kids sit them down and teach them the exact way that the system works and teach them new things in the way the system dictates so that when they leave the school they will be you know like property properly functioning uh adults in society um and it, i've been caught up actually a lot on this recently is just thinking about like how do you break the system? Because, like, I, I don't necessarily like the one we're living in right now. It's not the worst thing. Like, you know, it's been good to me. I, I won't lie. I'm not sitting here, like, being um, marginalized or anything like that. But, like, how do you break how do you break a system? And this is, like, may, maybe an extreme example, maybe not an extreme example of how you break the system. <laughs> yeah. You take it, and then you remove all the buildings and then people live on slabs for years. You know, like it's just like I, I don't know I don't know how to how to how to break it or how to change it with just like extreme dramatic reformation. Yeah, and that's not really breaking the system, right? It's like removing yourself from the system from and yeah. like starting yeah. a new one. And like yeah. yeah, like breaking the system is is hard, but all change that's happened in our country. Well, not all change, but okay, like all societal, like positive, progressive change has come from like grassroots movement from the ground up. Mm -hmm. Like it's not someone at the top going, you know what, this is not right. Let's yeah. change it. It's always pressure from the bottom. So it would just right. take, you know, a lot of people to agree that the way things are happening now are not the best way. Because those people at the top are the ones who succeeded in the system well. Right. Why would you want to change they, the system if you're at these, the, all, sitting at the top these, of it? Yeah, all these parts in the system, you know, that uh, that the system itself created out of necessity are now like, well, you know, like, you can get to the top. It's like, can you? Because <laughs> I don't know if you can, dude. Only if you know somebody. Like, like I'm glad the 1% can master that system, but, you know, we have... 300 million people and that one percent is not a lot of them yeah and the, the other problem with ca capitalism is it needs to be reined in every once in a while uh because it yeah. becomes it becomes a system that perpetuates inequality and we're now at like one of the biggest stages of wealth inequality that our country's ever seen mm -hmm. and you know, the last time we saw something like this, and it wasn't even as bad as it was now from a, just a wealth and quality difference was near the Great Depression. And yeah. and that's when, the, you know, as a country, we made a lot of changes to course correct there. Um, 
we course corrected for a while and then uh, it was like Reaganomics came along and was really pushing the capitalism train again and now that's been running for a while we need to course correct again and I think that we're seeing like the beginnings of the course correction with like how mm -hmm. popular uh, politicians like Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez's and Bernie Sanders like they're really on that course correction train, I believe. Yeah. I, I just earlier today, I was getting mad it, just at general ideas, um, <laughs> which is something I apparently do a lot. But um, it was just like, you know, the argument of just like, just work hard and you'll do well. It's like, I hate that statement so much because that works for like so few people because like let, let's let's just take like a normal business for example let's say a business has 25 employees and three managers okay so if all 25 of those employees work hard there's like they're going to be um become managers no because that's not how a business work that's not how a business works like not everybody can in the in our fucking society can be a manager and make the money to buy a house um like rent in good areas and stuff like that and just like live comfortable lives there's always entry-level positions that are going to be filled by people because they need to be filled by people and it can't just be the next gen not all fucking entry-level positions can be fucking teenagers you know it's just like oh just work hard and you'll get there it's like listen a lot of people are working hard and not getting there because yeah. there's not enough spaces for them to fill exactly yeah other like, people always say that about like minimum wage jobs too like oh those are just for teenagers well i can guarantee you there aren't enough teenagers in the country to fill every minimum yeah. wage position there are people yeah. that in mm -hmm. every age bracket that are working minimum wage jobs but it'd be cool i've um some people are forced to work minimum wage jobs moving to yeah yeah you're right they are forced to work minimum wage jobs but um my I don't want to say political beliefs, but just like societal beliefs have changed a lot recently from like being okay with capitalism and like how things are ran to just like not wanting to like move to communism because I don't really trust lawmakers to handle that well, but like true communism of like small groups of people who live and um, thrive in, in a community. You know, it's just like not huge, not huge governments, just like small people who are taking care of themselves. And like that, 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 you know, in Slab City is kind of like a, you know, a little bit extreme idea of that because of like no water and no electricity and stuff like that. I don't think that should go away, but like, I don't know. Yeah. No, I think there's definitely an opportunity to just like have more like communities, community and just like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it and just to have, like, local word, government that, like, and, missing. like, state-level government focus yeah. on, like, the good of the community. And of the community, it, yeah. Because yeah. they're so different. Well, the thing is, too, I mean, there are several other countries that are like that. There are several other countries that yeah. are based on the people, like, the actual people. Yeah, so. I mean, a lot of people think we have a democracy here, which we don't, and... And even like the the whatever it's like this independent organization that rates democracies we're at like extremely flawed right now or something I can't remember what they use for their ratings but it's not good yeah but yeah. even just for like from a technical standpoint we're like more of like a representative oligarchy 
because of how much money is in the political system. Like there is yeah. a very big imbalance on like who influences politics in this country because of really because of this thing that got passed by the Supreme Court called Citizens United that allowed corporations to be treated as people and it allowed for the mm-hmm. creation of super PACs which are just like mm-hmm. nameless organizations well they're not nameless they actually have names but they're faceless organizations that have uh, pretty much endless political power because they can pull all their money together and get past uh, co- campaign contribution limits yeah how long until we just replace the term uh, political influence with a picture of a dollar bill. <laughs> I'm just curious, you know, like it's going to be soon, right? Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, there's like some exciting stuff going on in politics in the right direction. Like if you look at, I'm just going to use Bernie Sanders as an example again, because he really did like the biggest grassroots political movement I think we've probably mm-hmm. ever seen just like from a dollar's perspective in this country. Like I think his average campaign contribution was $27. And so it, it, like the vast majority of his money is coming from individual people instead of right, like super yeah. PACs. He doesn't accept money uh, from super PACs is the other thing. So you're kind of seeing like the crowdfunding of a political candidate that really would be representative of the people because that's of the people, yeah. that's where the dollars are coming from and he's right. got no incentive to represent anyone else or you look at other people that are literally just getting checks cut from interest groups and then go right back and support those interest groups it, there's really like it's not hard to draw the line between where someone's campaign contributions came from and then the policies that they go on to support exactly oh man that got heavy in the end. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I do want to shake you. Thank you for sharing. But, uh, ooh. <laughs> and I honestly did not expect the question to, like, end up getting I that heavy. I think that was my fault. I think that was my fault. But still, it made me think of it, so. I, I mean, I, f- I feel like we're kind of agreeing on that, so it, <laughs> like, it's okay with me. <laughs> yeah, right. Um... Before we close out of here, I just want to—I just want to say that I ended up looking up Dynamite Thor, and uh, the dude's in public domain. So um, we're gonna start on a Dynamite Thor comic book tomorrow, guys. So uh, you know, start th- storyboarding, coming up with ideas. I love that. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> I've got no, the first should, problem make for a, our hero to face. We should make a Dynamite Thor pixel cartoon. Hell yeah! <laughs> They're out of dynamite down at the old tin mine. I need somebody to go help <laughs> break out the new wing. And it turns out his power, which I don't even know if you can call it a power, um, he he propels himself through the air by blowing up sticks of dynamite <laughs> located in his belt. In his belt? So it, that the, shit sounds dangerous. He's infertile <laughs> as fuck. I, I, so, I mean, I'm yeah. just saying, like, there's nothing going on down there. Why do you think oh, okay. uh, he died off? Literally. Yeah. <laughs> He was only in like two comics. Yeah. <laughs> he had two runs. Both of them, uh, one was three issues and the other one was uh, two issues. Like so I said, Thor in general is in the public domain, right? Because he's Norse mythology. So was that a, even a Marvel yeah. com- comic or like somebody else? It, this actually it has nothing to do with Thor, like the character. Yeah, he's, nothing, he's the, ca- yeah. the character's name was just Peter Thor. And then he got this cool blowy up belt and became Dynamite uh, Thor. Yep. 
He went by dynamite, though. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it had shit. nothing to do with Thor, and it wasn't a Marvel or a DC comic. It was just, it was a, like basically a newspaper comic. Oh, yeah. got it. Man, this guy. Publish I looked him up too, right? And why did every hero from that era look exactly the same? They all got the short blue shorts and the red shirt and the utility belt. Like, I honestly think there's probably like 300 heroes that match that description. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's as close to Superman as you could get without having a comic. Yeah. Didn't Aquaman wear that same outfit back in the day too? I think he did. Yeah. No, his. I think his pants were green, but like, color swap. Right. <laughs> Did it. <laughs> you ready for the color swap, guys? Uh, anyway, thanks for sharing, guys. Thank you. This has been fun. It's been that was fun. fun. It was a good time. Yeah, and we'll uh, talk later. Bye. All right, I'm going to... Can't... Yep, stop now.